And we're back! Did you think that G.I. Joe Bird was going on hiatus because I was becoming morbidly depressed with the world and stuff? Well, the thing about the best toy line in the world is that it does have a way of worming its way back into your life, even when things aren't so rosy. My name is Steve, I'm joined by my buddy Paul, and it's time for episode 184. Hello, Paul. Hello, Steve. <laughs> and welcome to 2021. <laughs> I'd love to say that this is the first take of that intro, but the cobwebs are real, my friend. And it's not just because it's 7 a.m. here in sunny Queensland. Yeah. <laughs> I've been lucky. I've, I've been staying nimble with the live streams. But, uh, yeah. You, you have you know, indeed. Doing, <laughs> doing the yeoman's work, as Chief might say. Uh, he's going to be mentioned later on in this podcast. But, man, where do we even begin? New shit? New shit, always. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yajorberg <laughs> 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 has new shit. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice little bit of swag. I'm sure we've both accumulated in the intervening weeks. Has it been weeks? It's been months. Yep, we spoke last in December of 2020. Mm-hmm. So lead the charge, Paul, my man. What have you got staring you down on your toy desk? Oh, I've got some cool stuff. Um, but because it's G.I. Joe Boog, I'm going to focus on the G.I. Joe stuff that I've got staring me down. Um, so I have finally got my hands on a Cobra interrogator. And I, I feel like I've mentioned this already, but if I haven't, I've got an interrogator. Thanks With to weapon? With the weapon, and it's got all its little claw thingies. They're still on. They're not Ooh. broken off or anything. So very cool. And it's got a stand. <laughs> and the file card, which is awesome. And he is such a and 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 it made such an impression on me that I had to shoehorn it into um well maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. I'm gonna leave you folks hanging. We're definitely gonna come back to that, I promise you. Um <laughs> so that's when, one... you, when you do shit like that, you remind me of someone else on the show. Uh... No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but I don't wanna be a blocker because I've also got blocker. Um, oh, from, cute. I picked him up at a toy museum here in sunny South Africa in uh, in an area known as Lone Hill. A guy called Ross Hardinet has got a fantastic toy museum called Articulated Collectibles, and he invited me over because uh, his words, not mine. I'm the VIP guest he hasn't had there yet, and I'm the person he most wants to come have a look at it. So, Ross, if you're listening to this. Thank you, man. That's really cool of you. And yeah, it was quite an awesome experience. Wow, that guy's got a lot of toys. May um, I just say that Ross is doing the thing that all our mothers expected us to do when they saw how groaning our toy collection was getting? Like, uh-huh. why don't you start a toy museum? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. Charge people money to see my stuff. I don't know. No money in the world can bring back a a defiant gantry door that, I don't know, someone has accidentally leaned on. No amount of signs saying, do not touch, (laughs) going to deter, I suppose, a four-year-old. I mean, you want their money, right? Right, right. Right. But but here's the thing. There's an interesting catch to his um, museum in that he also sells vintage toys there. So it's not just a place to come and check them out. It's a place where if you see a really cool 
a vintage Ninja Turtle mint and card or mint on card or something, and you really want it, well, he's got a few there for sale. Um, and he's he really has amassed quite the collection. I mean, everything from uh, Ninja Turtles to Dino Riders, uh, with a bit of a sidestep into like the real Ghostbusters and a smattering. Uh, yeah, they, they, no, well, I would I would say there's more real Ghostbusters than there is a smattering of crash test dummies. Do you remember that toy line? <laughs> yeah, man. I could never dip my toes into that because, you know, obviously the figures, the, well, the figures were crash test dummies and they really leaned into the gimmick, you know, yeah. as, as gimmicky as Toyba's Marvel figures were, uh, at least there was a, you know, there was an action figure underneath that. But like yeah. having a guy who just kind of shattered into five pieces is less toy and more gimmick, you know? Yeah, the adventure is actually finding its parts, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and the real fun is trying to make that's it fun. stick, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So he's got some of those. He had some Toxic Avengers, which was great to see in card, on card again. Um, they just, it's such a crazy toy line that, and I love Playmates for having done that line. Another one that really tugged at the heartstrings was seeing some, and you mentioned it, uh, Toy Biz X-Men. He had a Gambit and a Wolverine, and uh, both of those figures hold quite a strong Hang nostalgic on, Paul, value. Don't you mean Wolverine? Wolverine! <laughs> <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is what you get when you're introduced to superheroes' names through the backs of action figure cards. Uh, yep. Steve... You know, for a second there, I thought you were ripping me off. I mean, you were. But for a second there, I thought you were ripping me off because maybe I'd mentioned it in a former podcast about Toybiz because we, we did do one of those. And then you just mentioned what you uh, mentioned and now I've realized that I've just let the game out. But yes, I totally called them Wolverine when I was a kid and I was so ripped off about it um, <laughs> by like older kids. And then only when the cartoon came out that I learned it's Wolverine because that was my first Toybiz figure was, the, of course, that blue and yellow with the black stripes wolverine with the claws that you could put in and they popped out but they didn't really stick in they just kind of went schnicket schnicket and then you could like do the waist twist attack i've actually still got that toy and it corresponded oh. with the saber tooth figure from the same line so anyway yes yeah, the slash you know battle across damage. the chest yeah mm. the tummy yeah so he had those and that brought a little bit of a nostalgic tear to my eye which i quickly wiped away because you know guys <clears throat> um and yeah, no, that was great. But anyway, long story Don't crop short, in front of your toy collector friend, okay? Exactly. Yeah, I gotta be cool. Um, but it was great, man. And then and then it caught my eye. Uh, it's orange and yellow. <laughs> it's a septic tank. Um, that caught my eye. I was like, wow, he's got some G.I. Joe stuff. And yeah, he did. He had some uh, boxed uh, Tiger Force stuff. Um, he had a, I think he had a boxed pulverizer if memory serves as well. Oh, and it was course. great to see that. He had some carded Taiwanese um, G.I. Joes as well, uh, which was very interesting to see. Um, and he also had some uh, one carded Japanese figure and a few carded Action Force G.I. Joes, uh, like Battle Force and that kind of thing. But he did have an open blocker, uh, which uh, he, he was actually keeping there as a gift for me, which was really, really cool. So I now got blocker. So my, my Battle Force 2000 collection is growing slowly. And I have, <laughs> it's interesting how that like line, that like little sub team is crawling into my life because, oh dear. yeah, yeah they, they're creeping up on me. 
<laughs> you know, I can't decide if Bart's love for the Battle Force 2000 is genuine or if he does it just to troll everybody because we all know that your buddy, my buddy Bart, uh, he's got a sense of humor about this stuff. Mm-hmm. He, really he, always, he always protests that he loves the Battle Force 2000 as his favorite subgroup. But then in our big collaborative play motion effort of last year, Element X... He murdered every single one of those guys brutally in slow motion. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyone who is scratching their heads, check out the YouTube channel Element X. I imagine it's, what is it, like a 40-minute uh, clip? It would probably be in the last 30 minutes of it. If yeah. memory serves. I think it's 30 minutes in total, if memory serves. But yeah, yeah. Oh, well, whatever. then it would be in the last 20 or so. 20 minutes, yeah. He's, go, for, um, go for a scrub. And if you see a grown man um, on his grass pushing a bunch of Battle Force 2000 vehicles in a V formation, you've come to the right place. Enjoy the carnage. <laughs> yeah. And, and Bud's the man to, to do that. And then another little thing, um, oh, I suppose they aren't little, but I want to mention it, them anyway, because they're such great toys and they fill me with so much joy, is the Super 7 Ninja Turtles line, or the Super 7 Ultimate Ninja Turtles, of which I recently acquired a Leonardo, Bebop, and a Shredder, <laughs> after promising myself that I would only get Raphael. And there is a story there. I sat in the car. And I'd just come back from the toy museum and I sat in the car with Celia. We were just about to walk into the mall. And just as I, uh, I, I just kept having this, this thing that Ross said to me, he said, oh, you should give Seth a shot. He's got a Leon, he's got Super 7 Ultimates, Leonardo and Mutagen Man. And I was like, okay, I wonder, but he said, yeah, you better call him quick. He might not have stock anymore. I mean, he only told me this like three or four days ago. So I'm like, hmm, interesting. And, um, I, I said to Celia, I was like, okay, if I send him a message and he's got the turtles figure, if he's got Leonardo, then then I'm taking the plunge. Then I'm going to have to get all four of the turtles. We always make like, these little bargains with ourselves, don't we? It's like, right? if this yeah. condition is met, then all of a sudden the money doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> no, then, there we go. It. It's like no. a sign. I mean, sign. I, I'm, not, I'm not big on kind of I don't know, belief in higher powers, but like, yeah, I, I also believe that uh, sometimes when everything points towards uh, getting a toy, you'd be a fool to ignore them. There you go, right? And I looked at her and she was like, you have my blessing. And now I have Leonardo <laughs> Bebop. Oof. So then you were, and they had him in stock. So bang. You were double covered. You had the Mrs. Blessing. How easy yeah. is it to get that though? Is she still trying to impress you? Or do you sometimes feel the brakes being applied? Oh no. Uh actually I gotta say, Celia is super, super supportive. She's got like one really important rule because we've been talking about uh getting a place together this year. And uh you know, of course, you know, I I I'm I'm I know you're exactly the same as I am. But there's a toy collection that comes with this relationship, you know? Exactly the same exactly. as you are. Well, it's anybody's guess who the truly more handsome man is between us, Paul. Steve, don't knock yourself down, man. You're pretty good looking yourself. I mean, it's well, okay. Well, then we are not the same, are we? Should we put it to a list of vote? <laughs> no, 
<laughs> no, God, no. I mean, you know, do you want everybody to tell you you win? Because you win. <laughs> He's an actor, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm an actor. No, I'm just a supermarket bitch. Yeah, but just anyway, remember, it's not, it's, it's not like you're the tree in the school play, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I take that box too, by the way. Oh, my right. First, okay. My first uh, nativity play, I was a mouse. Crazy, man. And was I had the and following line, which wasn't even a full sentence. It was kind of tacked onto the end of someone else's line. It's Mary and Joseph. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Exclamation point. Hey. Yeah, well, some directors just can't see it, see the bigger picture here. Anyway. Um, Damn those nativity play directors. <laughs> yeah, they, they kill our dreams, man. Those poor stressed out kindergarten teachers. Hey, hey, hey. Um, Do better, damn it. So, yeah, so we were talking about uh, getting a place and, you know, she knows that there's this collection and that I'm into toys and there's also the gaming side of things as well. And uh, it sort of popped out the other day. She's like, so I just, I, I know that you've been sort of mentioning how in our, uh, when we get our place that you would like to have your toys in the studio. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love that. But, you know, I'm very against the kind of man cave concept. I don't want this like idea of I must have my own little nook in the house where I can have all my nice things. And, you know, there they leak out into the real house. And, you know, yeah, no, it's, it's better to just not have a, a specified place and just have to your shit everywhere, Paul. Honestly, no. you're saying, my friend. No, no, but what I was trying to say is it's just that. Man cave is the only way. Yeah, but you see, what I don't like about that is it's just, it feels, it, I, I know that there's positives and negatives to something like a man cave. And um, by the way, gentlemen that are out there listening to this, if you have a man cave, awesome. And I'm sure that works for you. And that maybe that's how it works in your relationship. In fact, actually, let us know. Um, when, uh, if, when we put this on YouTube, you can let us know in the comments even, because uh, I get to check those. But uh, more importantly, it's kind of a, a sense of like, I don't want to feel like, the house is sort of broken into these like little sections of like, oh, this this is your little nook, and then the rest of the house is mine to make nice. I'm all down with Celia making the whole house look nice, but then she said something that was quite golden, and I and then I just I I've kept it there. I didn't argue with it. I did nothing with it. She was just like, I am. I think it's totally cool that you want to uh, keep your toys in the study, but I'm actually totally down for some of the the bigger figures are in the lounge she's like if you want to keep like the the big gi joes or you know you want to do something like a cool display that is fixed that people can't mess up and and it looks clean and neat and stylish and whatever's in the lounge or in the house she's like by all means do that and i'm like okay <laughs> cool <laughs> you know she's like Whoa. she's totally done for that she is totally totally done for that she's just like i just don't want it to be something that is going to look messy and messed up and i'm like no i feel the same way i also don't really want my stuff to be in reach of other people so yeah so then i debated maybe maybe doing a thing where i keep my gi joes in like a kind of a sealed box like kind of like <laughs> yeah because there's nothing worse than uh, a display that accumulates dust no yes, no like, trying to yeah, yeah yeah a centerpiece display in your lounge with dust all over it is not a pretty sight and Actually, it's pretty bad for allergies. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but what are we talking about? Display options and allergies? Come on, Paul. What else you got 
kicking around, man? Or is that yes. you for new shit? No, it's, uh, I would say that's me for new shit because I'm really, really happy with my turtles and they really aren't cheap. <laughs> so it's like, so he's yeah. drawn a line in the sand, ladies and gentlemen. No more new toys for February. Uh, moving over to my side of the fence. <laughs> <laughs> Courtesy of a very good friend of the show, Range Viper 84. I have finally dipped my toes into the six inch classified series and it's probably the best taste of the line I, I could have been given because it is indeed the exclusive Snake Eyes with the additional weapons, the immaculate uh, box presentation with the sort of parchment artwork, uh, the beautiful like foam insets for all the additional parts and the all black box, Oof, you know, and that's Snake Eyes double zero. That's, uh, Presentation marks are off the chart, okay? That's clearly where your additional coin went. Um, mm -hmm. Or in this case, uh, Range Viper's <laughs> additional <laughs> coin. It turns out he bought two and he was like, I really don't need to. So mm. I guess it was a, a mixture of like, a, kind of a anticipation of me starting a family gift, but also a little bit of like, let's let's get Steven off the bench and into the game and get some honest opinions on six-inch stuff, which, I mean, if they all were like this, Snake Eyes, this would be a world-beating toy line. This mm. figure is really good. Pain apps are sharp and perfect. Joints are tight and ratchet well. Accessories all sort of interact with him perfectly. You know, knives sheath properly, the sword sheaths properly, the, the the holster works, the the suppressor works. I believe that's not to be taken for granted. I believe that with other snake eyes, particularly the mass retail release, there are QC issues. Sometimes the the knife sheath sword. is sealed. You can't push the knife all the way in. Or you can push it in and it's it just slides right out too easily. Um, and that's just one component. Like I've heard the to mid torso joint is, is floppy on a lot of yep. versions. So as I say, if, if everything matched the standard of this release, oh, I don't know. I think design wise, the classified is still all over the map for me. Um, this snake eyes is perfectly, um, possible in terms of mm. it's got all the cool snake eyes um signifiers uh it doesn't do anything egregiously wrong i think the mass release version has a weird like red paint dot on his forehead and like just strange choices um and snake eyes being all black at a basic three and three quarter inch scale is is fine is appropriate but i think all black at a larger scale kind of robs some of that realism Anyway, I'm I'm passing I'm casting aspersions on a figure that I don't actually own in favor of a figure that I do. All I can say yeah. is my little taste of the classified series is fantastic, and I, I think to preserve the memory of this action figure and and my my first taste, I'm not going to go any further. Yeah, you're I'm not going to sell it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I hear you on that one. In fact, there's something I can say. Um, and I'm, I'm always scared of like talking about the classified line. It's weird. I don't know why. 
I think it's just because there's so much heat around it. Um, yeah, you don't want to piss off people who are really doing their damnedest to support the line. Exactly. Because you know, there, there yeah. is a future for it if 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 they win. <laughs> you know, if the naysayers, the people who are bleating about, uh, to hell with this line, I can't even find them anyway. You know, mm -hmm. if they get their say, then this will die, which sucks. I don't yeah. want it to die. No, exactly that. I love the fact that, see, that's the thing. I love the fact that G.I. Joe is on the toy shelves again. I love the excitement um, that you can feel on, on the internet, on different, you know, uh, Facebook pages and on Instagram of people like finding them in the wild and getting them. And I love that. I think that's such a, that's such an exciting thing because that's something that we've been missing in this hobby for a few years because, well, you know why. Um, but <laughs> something i've got to say about and i've watched you know i've watched your video and guys if you get a chance if you haven't yet check out steven's um classified snake eyes unboxing vid it is very cool it's very sexy and it's very nicely done and you can um, just skip to the last third of it uh for the, the the good stuff i realized i gabbed on for a good chunk of it whereas all anyone really wants to see is snake eyes in the garden <laughs> we are all Come our worst on. critics uh, what you had to say about that uh, figure was actually very cool and uh, very well, very worth listening to. And going through the unboxing was a great experience, especially for me, because a lot of the I haven't enjoyed some of the un unboxings or some of the stuff that I've seen for it. But anyway, that that's actually not what's important. What is important is Hasbro, when they did that specific Snake Eyes, definitely made sure the QC thing was 100% because I. I liked my Snake Eyes figure quite a bit until I saw what you were doing with yours. <laughs> and it's not like one of those, oh, my friend's got one. It's so much better than mine thing. It is actually um, mine's joints aren't that strong. And I know that that's kind of a, a typical thing for the six inch figures, but mine's ankles really do suck. Um, I can't keep him like stood up in a pose for a very long time unless I use like some kind of means to peg his feet down or something. Um, there's little things like that. I've also got a slightly weird, um, situation happening with the, the mid torso, which is a bit of a pain in the butt. It doesn't work. It, it is a bit like loose and it does seem somewhat raised, uh, more than it should be just a little bit, but it's enough to be noticeable. Um, so those kind of things, you know, like they didn't bug me as much until I saw how much quality control was put into the zero zero release of that snake eyes. But that doesn't even bug me as much as the fact that I was starting to sort of be okay with Snake Eyes having funky monkey weapons. Um, but then I saw him with the Uzi in his hands and that completely messed it up for me. It's, it, it's crazy, but like seeing Snake Eyes actually hold proper guns does elevate that figure in a big way. Uh, and yeah, I don't know if it's Steve's like awesome videography or uh, photography in in the unboxing that made made me feel that way. But I just looked at it and it was like yeah, it for the first totally time. Yeah, totally is. Totally is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the king of humility. <laughs> it's not about the toy; it's about how you shoot it. But yeah, yeah, I but can make you thing. want to buy a buzz ball. There we go. But that's you know right, and you know anyway. <laughs> hubris would work if uh i was actually shooting a damn buzz ball hey man i curse my own stagnation when it comes to the channel but pff, inspiration has been 
hard to get. Fortunately, <laughs> Range Viper 84 saved me from that fate. And I think, I think the fire has been reignited. But oh, yeah. while we are on the subject of Snake Eyes, let's talk a little bit of news. Snake Eyes X Fortnite. Hmm. Mm. What do you think, Paul? Have you seen images? I have. I've actually, I had uh, a friend of mine who plays Fortnite send me a message and go, oh, look who's in, in Fortnite. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's Snake Eyes. I mean, I sadly for him, I'd seen the news like a day before because, you know, we fanboys, so we get that stuff early. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, it's it's news with a kind of a caveat. This is coming out next year, the action figure. Uh, the action you know, figure, yeah. But the, the character's already in the game. Which is problematic. If you're yeah. banking on what Mark Webber of what's in Joe mind calls the pounce, the consumer pounce, you've mistimed it. You've missed yeah. the boat. Snake Eyes is a playable character in Fortnite now. If you yeah. don't have the product hitting the shelves now, kids aren't going to want to jump on it a year from now. They're not interested in a pre-order. It's like walking through the shopping aisles, seeing a toy that relates to that game that you are crazy about and playing all your speed free time away on that's what you are after like anyway whatever it's 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 a boneheaded strange decision maybe it wasn't properly planned out maybe it was a very last minute thing and like it's going to take this long to i don't know reset the the the, the paint masks i mean what does it take yeah. to, to just doll up snake eyes in a, a new skin which See, looks, unfortunately, like one commentator put it, looks like he's wearing gym pants, mm -hmm. you know, like gym shorts, like Lycra. He's got the yeah. kind of like light gray panels kind of breaking up his, his pants, which is weird. Uh, the in-game version really look like that, though. That's the weird thing. Well, they like want to the distinguish it from previous Snake Eyes releases to incentivize people who just want to buy the figure for a variation who aren't necessarily yeah. motivated by the Fortnite stuff. But then you're getting all the kind of the Fortnite cartoony style weapons. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's like the thing, right? So Fortnite, uh, I, I, as you've been like talking, I'm starting to think that, no, actually, I think this was quite well planned because they've released the, the character, the characters in game, and then they've got the current Snake Eyes on the shelves. So kids are going to go towards that. And I think the only people that are going to go nuts for the Fortnite version are the Fortnite collectors, you know, the crossover collectors, the crossover fans. I actually think that this is more not uh, this is more of a ploy to get G.I. Joe fans into Fortnite than to get Fortnite fans into G.I. Joe. I think that that at least that's their, first, their opening move. I don't think that's the whole strategy, but I think that's definitely their opening move. It, that's what well, it's, it's kind of the only way this makes sense yeah to get that cross-pollination to get the i don't know a few hundred thousand gi joe fans that make up the entire core of gi joe fandom these days to play fortnite all of a sudden yeah no i buy that paul <laughs> it's a drop in the ocean of like fortnite um, it's, it's numbers nation you know but and then on the other hand um you know, uh, Fortnite has been flirting with G.I. Joe-esque looking skins for a while now as well. I mean, I, I, I keep forgetting the character's name, but it's the one that looks a lot like um, Firefly. Or when I say it looks a lot like, it's the one it's the one character they gave a Firefly repaint to. So he's like, he's got Firefly's, you know, it's gray and dark gray kind of camo. 
And the name escapes also, me as well. So like Havoc. Some kind of Havoc. Oh, and he's also a demolition specialist. And that, you know, that kind of thing, they, they've been teasing they've been teasing the fans with that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, I mean, we've even seen those toys. I mean, the reason I know that toy exists is because I've seen it on G.I. Joe um, chat, the chat pages or G.I. Joe pages. God, I sound like such an old person when I say chat pages. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I mean, right? So I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to play up. They're, they're building it slowly. And in a weird way, it, it feels like they're kind of making the G.I. Joe game that people do kind of want because Fortnite... If Fortnite was completely reskinned as a G as GI Joe, it'd be awesome. And don't oh, forget, yeah. parachuting onto Cobra Island, hells <laughs> to the air. Putting up little fortresses, doing all kinds of cool stuff, having special roles, different characters having like sniper well, if, roles. If the fortresses resembled a, a bivouac or a, a Cobra bunker, hey, hey, there you go. And you know, the first time I saw Fortnite actually like running in front of me was when we uh, visited Greg Crockett in the States. His um, son was playing Fortnite um, on the TV. As a gamer, you must have consciously avoided playing Fortnite? Yeah, I did, yeah. And on that, just a a quick side note about gaming. I'm currently back on that PlayStation Mini you gifted me two years ago. (laughs) And (laughs) Final Fantasy VII, my friend. I'm finally, finally. (laughs) Um, That's... <laughs> it's a lovely snapshot of like where gaming was well, the pinnacle of gaming at you know was in 1997 and mm. i do recall rob playing the heck out of it so i'm kind of remiss that i didn't pay more attention when he was playing it because it could have been something we we enjoyed together but by reliving it now i kind of can reach back in my mind to those days and kind of imagine yeah He's right beside me on the couch, coaching me on what best magic to use against that bad guy or <laughs> what option to take. Oh, that's cool. Mind-boggling. Role-playing games are, you know, it's a gaming, it's a gaming genre that I should love to bits, but I have absolutely no prior experience with. Mm, and specific, I mean, you're playing uh, uh, Final Fantasy, which is technically classified as a JRPG or Japanese RPG, mm-hmm. which. Which has a very different flavor from like so the uh, like the Western RPGs because I mean have you played Diablo? Mm, no. Well, Diablo one and two are well, I would say more Diablo one and two than Diablo three, but those are more role playing than I would say. Um, what they called dungeon crawlers. Sorry to split hairs on you. No, you're no. the gaming guy. Yeah. No, you're right. No, it is a no. dungeon crawler. But the first ever Western role-playing games were dungeon crawlers because you're looking at, when I say first ever, some of the most popular um, dungeon crawling games were like Eye of the Beholder and all those uh, those great sort of uh, first-person, uh, like they, they were first-person and you went through a dungeon and you had your party and each party member was assigned to a key and then you could assign the magic to them and then you would sort of do combos and stuff with them. But then that evolved into, you know, uh, Ultima and all those things, which mm. sort of defined the true Western RPG. And then it sort of ended up that Western role-playing, the thing that sort of distinguished Western role-playing games from Japanese role-playing games is that Japanese role-playing games primarily, almost exclusively used a turn-based combat system, a randomized to, uh, t- a turn-based combat system, which was then sort of um, 
refined and changed over the years by Final Fantasy because every Final Fantasy is different and um, has its own unique little sort of gimmick or game design or something to make it interesting to play. And yeah, and then, you know, Western RPGs evolved in the other direction. Then we started getting like Baldur's Gate and all that good stuff. Anyway, I'm taking everybody down that. Um, <laughs> well, thank you for that, Paul. Uh, I, I guess I got what I asked for. But once again, yeah. thank you, bro. That PlayStation Mini is the gift that keeps on giving. I'm so happy to hear it, man. It's it's actually funny that you mentioned uh, PlayStation Mini because I have been playing a And game. he's off again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been playing a game recently. I got it really, really cheap. It was actually a Christmas gift um, from my folks. And it's the Resident Evil 3 remake. And that takes oh, me all wow. the way back to PlayStation 1 days. I love Resident Evil 2 and 3. Um, especially if I... All of the other remakes? Do you have two? I, I do, yes. I have, oh, I, I have the remake of 1 uh, on GameCube. And then I bought it again on, on the Wii. And then I bought it again when they released it on PS4, the HD version. And then I got Resident Evil 2 Remake and I got Resident Evil 3 Remake. Yeah. And they've been fantastic. I really love them. I feel like I feel like they're missing something. But what they're missing, they make up for with their own flavor. So it's really great. But I would, I would never tell somebody to play those instead of the originals. I'd say if you can, play them both. <laughs> because <laughs> Well, that's you know. not really a compromise at all, Paul. <laughs> you that's you the thing. It's only so play one. Play both. <laughs> if I had to only play one, um, it's tricky because uh, I would say if you had to only play one, the original Resident Evil 2, I still think is a stronger game than the remake of 2. Uh, I think. But you're comparing apples and oranges. Yeah, yes and no. Game. Yeah, because. Resident Evil 2 remake adds so much in the form of like um, visual fidelity. So you got this, the whole game's visual atmosphere is, is uh, the, it takes the creepiness up to like eleven. It actually adds some scare factor and and the game Would is it also not quite be more accurate to say that you're either a retro gamer or you're a current gamer, and that will determine which one you get more enjoyment out of because See, with, uh... the controls, the visuals. The pacing, like Resident Evil 2, the original, the dialogue is always going to be laughable. Even though it was better than the first game, it still has these awkward, like, pauses. But do you, but find? you know that I mean, it's so stilted. See, but no, yeah, no, it is definitely. But under, remember that Resident Evil 1, that was done by accident. And so many critics actually applauded that and enjoyed that and saw it as a feature rather than a bug that Capcom consciously did that. And that's also exists in the Japanese world. It's actually an intentional thing that they do. They actually right. overplay it. And if you watch any of the CG Resident Evil movies, you'll see that their CG characters also kind of overact a little bit. It's weird. Um, and they take that deliberate. away. Yeah, it's deliberate. So they take that yeah. away from Resident Evil 5, for example. And it makes... Uh, uh, they take that side away and then they add a whole other supernatural element, which kind of messes it up messes up the balance a bit i, I it's, it's a weird thing to put your finger on and on the argument and i know we have to get off this but on the argument <laughs> of is resident evil 2 retro versus the remake which one is the stronger game and i understand for the for the vintage gamer you know two offers a lot because of that vintage appeal but two does actually offer a lot in terms of puzzles 
and um, interesting game design quirks, which Resident Evil 2 Remake takes out. They took out um, that Z-swap system. They took out a few little interesting quirks that you definitely feel are missing if you've played the original. So mm. I kind of feel like, and then the reason I, I, I initially, my knee-jerk reaction was like, play both the old and the new one, because the, the new one is very self-aware and throws in a few great sort of like tricks for you. So if you've played the classic, you're expecting certain things and the remake sort of subvert those expectations. Um, and it's not obvious stuff either, which is cool. So that's kind of why it's almost like playing the vintage one would enhance your remake experience, but the remakes are great. They're great games. I say, get the third one on special, or if you can buy it with a voucher or whatever, because I think it's a bit expensive for the amount of game that you get, because it is substantially shorter than its PlayStation one, um, predecessor, sadly. <laughs> anyway, with that. And thank game. you to our gaming correspondent, Paul Lopesher. Now, back Hello. to the show. We're going to play a little game. Uh-oh. It's a game called Stephen Asks Super Brass. Paul Answers. Poorly. Paul Answers Poorly. <laughs> Paul forget. How do you spell Snake Eyes? Uh, S-N-A-K-E. Uh, I want to call it a dash. E-Y-E. Yes. Okay, so you add the hyphen. Yeah. Huh. Curious. Henry Golding interviewed Larry Harmer, and when asked if Snake Eyes has the hyphen or not, Larry said, it does. Oh. Huh. Interesting. The hyphen was absent in Snake Eyes' first file card. It was inserted on his V2 Commando file card, uh, V2 Ninja Commando file card, and then I think has remained absent. Hmm. In comic book lettering, it's also absent. I think there are probably some instances of it being re-included, but for the most part, Snake Eyes has no hyphen. But if Granddaddy Harmer says it does, I suppose that's that's the final <laughs> word on the subject. I always just thought like. Yeah, because Spider-Man has a hyphen, yeah. and that is how you spell Spider-Man, and spelling it without the hyphen or making it Spider-Man one word is incorrect. Mm -hmm. uh, that you make one's mind that, like, yeah, include the punctuation. <laughs> Always include the punctuation. Otherwise, it's wrong. It. Right? Um, uh, a hyphen? No, it's just making a, a, a compound noun. Yep. Snake eyes. Snake. It, yeah. You know, it's two different terms that make up, you know, a concept. That is, if you roll a snake eyes, it's the two, two yeah. uh, single yeah. studs. Okay, no, cool. Because, like, I, I heard something funny on Orange is the New Black, and the one character they always calls Spider-Man, Spider-Man. And <laughs> then she, she comes around and she's like, you know, God, I don't even know who you are anymore. And it's Spider-Man. He's not a Jewish dentist. And I was like, whoa, that's a hectic line. Okay, time for question number two. <sighs> if you were to devise a play motion feature on Scoop, how would you shoot it? Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, that's a cool question. Uh, but no shit. <laughs> you know, just take your pets on the back where you can get them, okay? 
Jeez, hey, Sheila. I'm clawing myself back, baby. This is how I re-energize. I uh, let Sheila. your ego expand. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, uh, so Bart actually sent me this awesome comic. When I say sent, he emailed it to me because we're cool like that. And the whole uh, comic has to do with Scoop in it. And it's actually really good. It's actually one of the first uh, G.I. Joe comics that has like, drawn my attention. I read like two pages and I was like, oh, crap, I have work to do. Um, I would want to shoot it first person, like shoot it through the eyes of Scoop. Like you don't see him. Like that would be really interesting. Uh, everybody like recognizes him and knows he's there, but like he's behind the camera. He's not in front of the camera. And I think that would be an interesting artistic element. That's how I would but, like to do it. But okay, Scoop is self-sufficient in that he's got all the camera equipment, but like he's also posited as kind of an anchor man or, you know, a correspondent. Is he not supposed to be giving, you know, on camera? Yeah. I get what you're saying. Like we can always be using like the found footage technique. Mm. So you've always got it. Would you like it to be in a four, three, uh, crop? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, and the sort of old school TV aspect ratio. Yeah. A little bit of grain to it because it's on VHS. Um, what else? Um, it can have yeah. the battery life and the uh, the date. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a great way of telegraphing the date. Like it'll be like, but but like seriously, seven if... February, nineteen eighty nine. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go, right? But here's the thing: like I know found footage and all that is like really overdone. I, I know that, but if there's one character that really actually deserves to wear the mantle of a, of a found footage kind of episode, it's Scoop. And I would even play it like, like that whole episode, like if we did a play motion or if a play motion was done like that, it wouldn't even be real time. It would like be like Hawk and the rest of the Joes sort of analyzing that footage or, or somebody in the pit that analyzes this footage puts a big like black cocaine mark on it, like something like redacted, puts it in like a, a black kind of bag and shoves it into some kind of drawer that goes into like a file cabinet that, you know, is uh, into some warehouse that's full of file cabinets or something. Like that's how I would do it because Scoop is just not, I just, because of the kind of toy he is, the kind of character he is, that just makes the most sense to me. Sorry, that's, yeah. So you'd mix it up. There would be the found footage components and also the kind of, we'd expand the, the frame yeah. to be the regular 16.9. And we'd have these sections where they're like talking about this mission that Scoop went on. Yeah. Interesting. And I mean, and now you've got the, like, the hamster wheels in my head seriously turning because now I'm like thinking it could be like a Black Mirror style anthology thing, you know? So it doesn't just have to be one scoop episode. Like it could be through the eyes of the lens or something. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. You got my but, answer. Okay, just technically, <clears throat> you say that scoop is always behind the camera. Yeah. Does he never mount the camera on a tripod and give a a report? You know, we, we get I, to see his face. I just think uh, with my. I mean, I've just uh, as I said um, in the last uh, podcast. Uh, I, I recently got myself a camera and whatever, and I've got a tripod now. And I must say, like, setting up a tripod, I know it's an easy thing. I'm not like a dab hand, like, photographer. But I kind of feel like as soon as you set up a tripod, like, you know, you've turned your back to something and you turn around again and then it's changed. 
you know so like I wouldn't have had this perspective if I didn't own a proper tripod and I say proper, I mean, this thing was like a hundred bucks, but it's just, yeah. That's $10, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Paul, he's always in search of a bargain. Yo. Well, that's why I bought it. I was like, oh, it's cheap. I mean, it's a hundred bucks. If it's crap, it was a hundred bucks, you know? So. All right. Yeah. Steve asks, Paul answers, of the really? two flag point vehicles oh god which here we go is your favorite two flag point vehicles it's handy that gi joe always kind of categorized its releases almost into these tiers of value like flag points offer an opportunity to kind of very quickly see what was at a similar price point um wow i always thought the price me. tag did that <laughs> okay a wise guy well the price tags are harder to come by than at least the flag points on the box so okay. we can kind of get a cross-section of what things were grouped uh in kind of value tiers but okay you're right price tags hilarious yeah um, would you like seen... a quick rundown of what is what in the two flag point just give me an arena? example of one give me one or two examples i'm pretty sure i can deduce the rest Okay, so, well, in 82, the Jump and the Ram uh, okay. were two flag points. The Cobra Fang was worth two flag points. Um, moving forward in time, uh, 84, we had the Cobra Claw. No, hang on, that was all one. Um, 84, yeah. we had the Cobra Asp, the Skyhawk. Zotan okay. was only worth two flag points. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Uh, whereas the Sarge in 86 with the Triple T was worth three. So he's out of consideration, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, the Armadillo, the Cobra Ferret, the Silver Mirage. How about a, how about the a Devilfish? Fang? Yeah, you want a Fang? How about a Fang 2 or a... Fang Togo? 2, correct. In 89, the Fang 2 was worth two points. Well... I've got to say, the mud fighter, I, the pulverizer. I know you're just dying to put that in your oof. top three. Yeah, uh, well, I, I can do top. I can do top three. Fuck yeah, you already do done top it. Top three. Fuck yeah. Awesome. Uh, the badger, the attack, the attack cruiser was worth two points. I thought that was a little bit more substantial than that, but I guess the designers knew, or at least the pricing guys knew that uh, this thing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the septic okay. tank. Two flag points, really? Yeah, yeah, true wow. story. Does that mean the hiss is two flag points then as well? No, the, the hiss was, the hiss was not. Hey, we've just uh, encountered an anomaly. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Dun dun dun. Well, it's actually easy because then it doesn't muddy up my my top three here. Um, I'd say my top three would be, and you're gonna laugh, I, I and I think you're expecting this, uh, the locust. Um, oh the yeah. The Fang 2. And hmm. and believe it or not, the Pogo. I really love that damn toy. And you'd be right. The Pogo is indeed a two-flag point toy. Why the Cobra Fang 2 over the Fang? Um, because I had the Fang 2 as a kid. I've got great memories of it. I did a lot with it. Um, and the Fang 1, I think, appeals... Although I thought it was cool when I was, when I was a kid, because David had one. Um, I, it was just always a small helicopter, whereas the Fang 2 was this, like, futuristic small flying thing. 
and it was you know i love that the the rotors could like you know go vertical and horizontal and i like the yeah i just i just dug it more it just worked for me more as a, and it was nice to hold as well i think so, your first point was your best point or well, apart from the nostalgia thing that the fang is just a shrunken down helicopter mm. whereas the fang 2 at least it's you know it's stepping so far outside the bounds of a helicopter you can't even call it a helicopter anymore it's a tilt rotor and yeah. it's something altogether unique so the scaling doesn't matter it's like yeah if you'd never seen an osprey this which we hadn't at that stage yeah. this is its own thing it's mm. not a real thing that's been shrunken down and has a you know a giant man awkwardly sitting mere inches below the beating blades though let's be honest the fang 2 is just as deadly <laughs> you, yeah. don't, you, you don't want to let your arms swing out too wide yeah. Say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah no, it, it can't be good and and if you took some stray fire to a prop or something i mean you're right there you know and so. let's face it no cobra vehicle was premised on survivability no that's, that's <laughs> you, true. You, you you also uh, nominated the pogo need i remind <laughs> you but I think we're going to draw a line under this uh, Steve asks and Paul answers section in favor of moving on to our letters section. Shall we enter postbox the pit and see what, uh, what love letters we've received in the past week? Uh, these all come from the YouTube channel, actually. And one from one from Instagram. But we'll, uh, we'll get YouTube out of the way, firstly. Uh, some assembly required part four ready for action i'd like to check out the comics and the story says jb the shop shows that copies are sold out i wouldn't mind getting a signed copy from the team that put it together is there somewhere online we can read it paul do you know where people can get copies of the action force comic book i believe um i i just got an email from bobby valid the other day just updating all of the guys that back uh that have uh, picked up some action force figures from him um he did say that the comics are there's a, a new print run of the comics and they will be coming to the states fairly soon i think the best way to do it is to go directly to valiverse.com his website um where he's actually got a, a a shop uh page on that and you can actually buy the comics directly from there so you can support the, the uh, uh you can support the creator directly and I'm pretty sure if you shoot them a message and maybe find out about uh, signing options and how much that would cost, I'm pretty sure they would help you out with that. And um, can you purchase digital copies from uh, the online that, store? I, that I do not know about at all. Uh, I haven't seen anything like that. Um, well, Bobby, if you're listening, there's the gap, buddy. <laughs> I guess, you know, maybe there's some trepidation about digi copies just yet because, uh, you know, piracy yeah there is that i mean but the, the thing is I, I always find with like something like action force you know you want to support the creator True. and so you know like i i mean i know people i mean okay i'll speak for myself here i love this band called freeze pop and they recently released their album as a digital only album uh because of the world and um i actually it was so nice i bought it twice <laughs> um because they're completely independent so all the the sales from the album goes straight to them and the album was so cheap it was like 11 dollars. so i bought myself one and then they did a second one where they made it like a band camp friday and they made it quite a bit cheaper and i think the second one was like six dollars or something 
it's like a super special low price and i bought it from them because i wanted to support them with it i still listen to them on spotify you know but i bought the album to support them so i think that's kind of like where digital indie comics are completely uh, are a different animal whereas people would be like yeah if i can get a digital version and support the creator then why not then that's a cool thing to do so yeah but it is a great area still it is a it's <laughs> but joe sorry jd i guess uh, that's not really much of an answer but stand by i'm sure bobby is addressing the digital uh, market very shortly i mean come on that's that's the easiest way to get this stuff these days man don't go down yeah. to no store just money in the bank i'm derek jed on youtube asks is there a site that offers dimensions for the wood base supports i would like to avoid building mine just to outline it Good point, Derek Jed, and I have emailed him on the subject, but anyone out there with lingering questions on the USS flag base that we built, just send me a DM. Um, I will send you everything that I've got. Uh, the best way, I suppose, is to use our official Gmail account, and that's a real South African hero, all one word, at gmail.com. And yeah, I can send you various pictures and measurements that i've cobbled together but <laughs> the flag base you may or may not know was something we did on the fly it was very much a case of like shaping the wood with the flag built on it and raising it using supports that were kind of just loosely based on where the trusses uh, were situated and those dimensions so it kind of evolved with time it wasn't something that i drew a plan up of first and then set about making my cuts so to now kind of invent plans after the fact eh, you're better off just making the same attempts as i did really just kind of winging it um but as i say i do have pictures i do have some measurements and i gladly part with them so shoot me a message at a real South African hero at gmail.com. Uh, Hush HG 2000 on our defiant unboxing says 444 for the unboxing. Save yourself the corniness and skip. Thanks, Hush HG 2000. <laughs> Unfortunately, with GI Joeberg, you're always going to get a really thick slice of corniness, my friend. Oh, you're going to get the cheese big time, dude we yeah we, we, we hammed it up because i don't know man you gotta because do you more than just once <laughs> yeah exactly and and yeah. that defiant was such a team effort in acquiring there were interested parties and we had to we had to capture the moment and give it some reverence um the moment itself i i think that's priceless to yeah. to to have this level of expectation and then to unveil a broken defiant like oh man I, i'm i'm almost i'm almost grateful that it was broken it is that much more of a memorable moment right because of the utter devastation of it i mean it 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 soured me on collecting for a while because i was like i can't do this i can't keep entrusting these incredible toys to the post this is not a viable way of doing things. Yeah, but, but hey, you only, if really you do it right, you should only get a defiant once, right? Right. And Tick. and and if I can just like add in one thing there quickly, <clears throat> all of that stuff is very real. 
um i was outside doing tai chi and steven sort of like popped up and i looked at him and he's like you know give me that, that look and i'm like it's time oh, cool. it's time and guys you must understand that like this thing had been sitting there um because of memory serves we just got back to cape town and you had to get yourself ready to go to a wedding or something to a friend of yours's wedding so you basically like that flag set i mean that defiance set in its box in the house with the three of us in the same within the same like geographical location for like what is it 14 hours without being <laughs> opened you can imagine we were hungry we were dying to get in that and we were all goofy and delirious with excitement and rob was grumpy because we didn't really <laughs> wake him up like that <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you jump on the bed? You jumped on the bed. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that bed could support my weight. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, on the classified snake eyes unboxing and review video, Fun School Roni from India says, "Great review. Just bought mine. Will arrive in couple of months. Can't wait." So Paul. <laughs> On the topic of postal services, South Africa and India are in parity, my friend. He's, he's waiting on one that will arrive in a couple of months. Ladies and gentlemen, the first and third world divide is real. It's <laughs> real, real. I'm still waiting for stuff that Jim sent me last year in September. Oh, man. Yeah. What a world. What a world. Like Jim and Jim, Bart and Dustin have all sent me stuff. And it's still like in... South African post office limbo. <laughs> so, Aaron Stepien on <laughs> Search and Rescue episode three. Hello, 2021. I mean, some assembly required episode three. Hello, 2021. He says, when it came to the dreadnoughts in the Marvel canon, even when I originally read them, I was pretty sure that chocolate covered donuts and grape soda was Larry using code. What do you say to that, Paul? Did you read it as them peddling meth? Uh, can I, uh, like, you know what? I think maybe I was just more of a naive child back then, and I never thought deeper than that, to be really What, honest. you didn't get any meth at age eight? Yeah, man, you know? <laughs> Joburg, like, Joburg's confusing me now. I thought things were rough up there. Yeah, I was still in the burbs, dude, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I mean, I suppose, I think when I was like a teenager and I sort of read that, I would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, that's just them trying to say that without getting into trouble with the comics code. But mm, when I was you know younger what, than that, only... Yeah, Karen? No, but when I was younger, I was totally like, okay, they like grape soda and donuts, cool. <laughs> turtles like pizza. Yeah, it, well, exactly. It's it's the, the, the Ninja Turtles slash... Ewoks, uh, <laughs> which I mean, I believe was was Hasbro's mandate. We want teddy bear creatures on the bad guys team. Anyway, stormtroopers. I I never made the association association myself, much as I wish I had, until much later. Until I saw the first season of True Detective, where they've got a ultra scary biker gang oh, that are God. like involved in criminal enterprises. And uh, Matt McConaughey's character has to infiltrate this. And it's scary. It's genuinely scary. That's when I developed a respect for the Dreadnoughts. That they are scary dudes. They are bad dudes. They don't live by any code. They don't wear uniforms. They do as they please. And they probably are involved in all sorts of illicit things. So, 
and they're a murderous lot. So, you know, you can give the dreadnought, you can, you can elevate their seriousness. And when you do that, yes, chocolate covered donuts becomes substances. <laughs> Grape soda becomes hard liquor. Yeah. Or meth. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly right. But also, just on by that token, uh, I had the uh, I mentioned that on some assembly required, oh, uh, where we were sort of the the topic of dreadnoughts had come up, uh, come up, and I think that's why uh, this gentleman had mentioned it, because I actually said like I've always liked the dreadnoughts, um, and I thought they were really cool, but then you know, you played around with that idea of like I was like Rob hates them, and Stephen like has this whole like biker gang kind of thing idea for them and it's just really crazy and i dig them even more because of that and Look, it's true. there's a moment there's a moment in blazing sand where things get about as rapey as, <laughs> as i'm willing to let a gi joburg play motion get mm. where they've they've captured lady J, and there's a sense that they're going to do some unspeakable things to her before they before they bury her <laughs> Like that's that's the kind of people the dreadnoughts can be, if mm. you if you push your mind away from this kind of the sunbow characterization. Anyway, let's close yeah. out with uh, Rai Rai on Instagram, who says Happy New Year and congratulations on the baby. Oh, thanks, Rai Rai. He's not here yet, but uh, yeah, I'm looking over at the the, the oven. And <laughs> that, that bun is rising nicely. Anyway. He says, yeah, uh, just look back at you with a skull. No, yeah. what is she doing? Ignoring I don't you. Know. She was very noisily making breakfast just now, which is the ex explanation of the, the oral phenomenon that you no doubt might have heard, dear listener. But oh, I just thought it was Jurassic Park. Carrying on. <laughs> back to old Rai Rai's comment. Um, I saw the Snake Eyes review. He is a great figure. What is your opinion on the three and three quarter inch retro line? I'm thinking of getting Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. They would be my first Joes in a long time. I responded to this, but uh, Paul, if you want to take a crack at it, what are your opinions on the retro line? If you haven't been in GI Joe for a while, you couldn't uh, you, you couldn't do better than those two. Like, I I mean, retro or not, those are two of the best best examples of like where that scale in terms of its quality and articulation and design that's like that's like one of the best things you could get honestly like that's what makes the retro line cool if you've got it already it's like okay but if you haven't dude get them they're great they're great designs they're great toys and if you do have them already the superior packaging is with this new release so mm -hmm. maybe these are if you if you're the kind of guy who's going to dabble in a mins on card collection and you do currently have the, the 50th anniversary release or the, is it the POC releases? Yeah, those, those cards, for, for all their interesting quirks, are a lot more forgettable. You know, the two-pack boxes and the, the POC cards, which... Oh, I love that art, <laughs> but I hear where you're coming. I know where you're yeah, coming the, from. The art is great, but I mean, in terms of just giving you the nostalgia buzz, mm. if you want to have a Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow carded, the retro the retro collection puts it puts that classic artwork and presentation within your reach you don't have to hemorrhage money for a, a vintage carded version and i'm sure why, those two are the most expensive 
If, uh, actually, why stop there? Get yourself a Scarlet as well, because I think that's, that Scarlet Head Sculpt um, makes up for the sins of all the other Scarlet Head, uh, head Sculpts. And it's a great it's a great version of the toy. Surprise, surprise, great. ladies Good and enough. gentlemen. Paul is advocating you buy more toys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't help you, man. <laughs> no doubt. I think we're going to close out the show there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the G.I. Joe Book Madness. Uh, yeah. Things are going to be pared down for uh, the next little while. I think, I think Paul and I both agree that this is how we are going to conduct our GI Joe Burke conversations in the future. We might have a guest uh, rotating spot, but for the yeah. most part, it's a weekly catch up with two old friends. And I had to come back. I feel compelled not only by personal reasons, but also by the fact that like you guys reached out in numbers and <laughs> touched me and said, Hey man, like we, we get that, that, that things are weird and things are different, but we really enjoy this. We hope you do too. And when you're ready to fill our audio canals with all that GI Joe goodness again, <laughs> Hey, here comes more hubris. Uh, we're ready to receive. So hey. have it, have it all, have it all, have it fill you up. Uh, well, that's why we did, um, that's why I did. No, no, I hear you, man. But that's why I did some assembly required because uh, I wanted to keep the flame burning. Yeah, and... yeah, and and you couldn't record a podcast or two, Paul. You were ignoring. Well, we did them as live streams. Core audience. No, this is different. A podcast is a different beast. You gotta, you gotta sometimes just stick with the audio so people can, you know, commute or drive or do gardening. Okay, well, then stuff. I. I'm going to speak to to Jim and and Bart and see if we can do an o o audio only summer assembly required podcast. And I do uh, warn you guys, you don't have to, joke. Paul. You don't have to, because the GI Joe back. back. That's right. <laughs> uh, parting shot: If you guys have not checked out Action Robot Punches channel, they've got some great father and son fun. Uh, they have done some play motion videos, but most recently, because they've had some fresh snowfall, they've published a video called Ice Viper Pursuit. Ooh. I'm envious, man. They got to do stuff that I wanted to do with the snow that never materialized in China. But uh, a cool little action sequence with a snow wolf, cobra wolf, and a polar battle bear. Good stuff. Check them out. That's Action robot punch. And and before you walk out the door, I've got a question I need to ask you on, on this podcast. And and it is a little bit of a, a tie-in thing. But I'm curious, how would you feel uh, about us doing a podcast with an audience, but not live? So this is how I would do it. I would have uh, our Patreon, because this would only be for the patrons. And they would allow, they would come in and chill out and be in the podcast with us. Um, and they can comment and whatever. Uh, but yeah, they would just be there live. So, you know, if the podcast does run a little bit long and, you know, sometimes we do have to edit some stuff, they get to enjoy the full unedited, like they flies <laughs> on the wall with us. You know, they recon draw. Okay. Well, hey, man. Uh... Far be it from me to deny a good old Patreon punt. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, for as little as $3 a month. Nothing. What's that? A cup of coffee? 
buy us a cup of coffee. <laughs> you can, you too can become a G.I. Joburg patron. Yeah. And be, be granted access to this, this live podcast. Hey, I'm all for it, Paul. Cool. Uh, it's the show as usual, but with live comments and uh, intrigue. And then I've also got another surprise for the patrons. I don't want to reveal what it is, but it does have to do with... um, It does have a participation angle to it as well. All will be revealed very soon. I've nearly finished the graphics on them, so that's all I'm going to say. Cool. Tantalizing stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 184 of G.I. Joburg, allegedly. I'm just going off of what you made the Steam Yard session number, Paul. So thanks for that. The last one was 183, so <laughs> this one's 184. 184. Yep, we'll be cracking 200 pretty soon. Um, maybe we'll do something special. Hey, who knows? Uh, but this is our 10th year of podcasting, by my count. Can you handle it? So, oh, turns 10 in October. So let's make a bump a year out of it, my friend. It's good to be back. Yo, Joe, everybody. Yo, Joe. Erg. Erg.